on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Jess checked out some new Microsoft shopping news. Google shopping ads are coming to your inbox. Shep lost it over a wagon full of smartphones. And Hope talked about her favorite fast food items to bring into a movie theater. Plus, Greg was the victim of a security hack and it's all his son's fault. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there, I'm Greg Finn. I'm Christine Zernhel, AKA Shep. And I'm Jess Bud. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on February 7th, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning. We read all the news. So you don't have to. First up this week, we've got a little housekeeping. We have made it to bite. As reported last week, the new social network bite, we have bitten off our first bat on bite and made a list of the news in six seconds. And I'm going to go out and say it. Shep, disagree with me if you want. It's the worst bite ever made. I agree. And it's the only bite I've ever seen. It's horrific. <laughs> it's absolutely horrific. It's the worst thing on bite at Marketing Clock over there. And we're going to try to keep going with six seconds, the news in six seconds. And it, it, it's it's terrible. So it's check really it out. exciting this week when we have like seven main news stories. Oh, yeah. It'll be great. It's, it's just not going to. Micro Machine Man talk the whole time. What? Next up, if you want to see us on video, Shep, I know you keep pushing everybody to come check us out on video. <laughs> we are moving to the Search Engine Journal channel. So we kept telling you to subscribe over to us. Don't subscribe to us anymore. Subscribe to Search Engine Journal. They're going to have a lot of new video content. You can see me pointing at you right there on the Search Engine. You can see me drinking water. Yeah, I'm, I'm drinking a, a, a nice Diet Coke here. Me too. And head on over, check it out. Search Engine Journal on YouTube. There's going to be a lot of great content coming in 2020. You won't regret it. So what, what's up with you this week, Shep? Um, I heard they're making a live action Lilo and Stitch. And there's like these pictures of what Stitch is going to look like. And it's terrifying. Really? Yeah. Are you a big Lilo and Stitch person? It's a good one. Okay. Do you like how I didn't even ask you? Because I know you're going to be like... Hey, I listened to a, a, a Sum 41 song on the radio. No, I actually had things this week. Okay, what's up with you, Jess? Well, Slipknot was trending on Twitter oh, see, exactly. earlier. <laughs> it's the same exact thing I knew it was going to happen. I did that on purpose. So why were they trending for? Um, not Fest. They released the schedule. Okay. Well, I will not be attending that one. <laughs> nice. All right. So how about this week's sponsors, Jess? This week's episode of Marketing O'Clock is brought to you by Ahrefs. Whether you work for a big brand, run your own small business, or do freelance work, getting traffic to your website is always an issue. Ahrefs is an all-in-one SEO tool set that solves that problem. It gives you the tools you need to rank your website in Google and get tons of search traffic. If you want to learn more, check out their blog or YouTube channel for step-by-step -step SEO tutorials. And they have a seven-day trial for only seven bucks. Head on over to ahrefs.com. That is a-H-R-E-F-S dot com to sign up. It's basically a dollar a day shop. Wow. Matt. Don't miss it. <laughs> and today's show is also sponsored by Optio. Optio helps Google Ads managers automate time-consuming manual tasks so they can spend more time on high-level strategy and creative work. Optimize accounts, monitor performance, track budgets, and get alerts when important changes happen. And right now, our listeners can get a six-week free trial of Optio. To get that, you have to go to the right URL, though. Go to optio.com forward slash S-E-J. That is O-P-T-E-O dot -E com forward slash S-E-J, like search engine journal, to get started. And if you don't, you get 30 days. So if we use the link, get the full six weeks. And thank you to our sponsors. Later in the show, we're going to dive into some features as to how we use these, as you're going to love them. All right. First up in the news this week, folks running shopping campaigns got an early Valentine this week. Aww. Yeah. Very sweet. Be mine. <laughs> Microsoft Advertising. The platform formerly known as Bing Ads. <laughs> made a big announcement this week teasing several new features to come that will make advertisers' lives a little more easy. First off, gone are the days of only viewing product groups within a specific ad group. 
this is for shopping campaigns specifically, there is a new list view that allows you to view all product groups on the account and campaign levels as well as the ad group level. So that's really nice. And then once you're in there, you can filter the list by different attributes or metrics if you want to get down to specific products. And that's obviously very handy. So everyone is excited about that. The new list view also has functionality for bulk editing bids. And again, very handy. One question on this. Yes. Did you like Valentine's candy, those little candy hearts? <laughs> I was just thinking candy rhymes with handy, and I knew you were going to ask that. You mean They're Tums? okay. Yeah. Tums, wow. They're not that bad. Shots fired at the, <laughs> They're not good. At the Valentine's Day industry. They're not good. I the, didn't like them. You didn't like them? I'm not a fan of just the pure cake of sugar. I like cho- I need a chocolate in, in there. Chocolate's way better, but I, I don't think they're gross. If someone handed them to me, I would eat a few. You guys wouldn't even eat a few? That's it's not up my alley. No. They just get stuck in your teeth. Well, they have nice messages. You guys don't. <laughs> no, I don't even like the message. I'm going all against. All right. Well, I guess. Don't we'll, like the message. We'll bring you chocolate next week. I think then it's instead. too suggestive. The messages are they We're ruining they, the youth? But they hand it, yeah, they hand I'm them out joking. in class. No. <laughs> I'm just okay. So, so that's the first element. What what else yes. is included in this rollout? So, also in this rollout, again for shopping campaigns specifically, they've added performance metrics in product group subdivisions. We're not there before, so you can drill down even further when analyzing your products by category or subtype, which is great. And then finally, big news for folks that like to automate their accounts a little bit: they've added script support for shopping campaigns, which is huge. It'll allow you to make performance-based bid adjustments without having to manually review your data and manually update the bids. So that's very exciting stuff for hashtag team paid. And next up this week, Chrome and the Coalition for Better Ads announced new standards for ads that show before, during, or after video content that is less than eight minutes long. I'm glad they have this less than limit because when you're watching these 90 minute workout videos in German, <laughs> like you really need the breaks. You really need the ads. I was just wondering who watches videos more than eight minutes. Like, what are you doing? Me, the workout videos. Well, I know you. And like, um, there's some nice like Disney theme park videos, yes. you know, countdowns. No, I don't explain. <laughs> what is this? Well, first of all, you can watch like a POV video and like if it's for Splash Mountain, that's a long ride. Second, you can watch like countdowns of like the best things about Disney World and they're just really fun. Do you watch okay. Adam the Woo, Shep? No, I don't know him. Oh, he's you look him up. He went on, um, what is it, Thunder Mountain Railroad and he sat in every single seat on the thing, just spent all day doing it. He did it in like eight hours and made a, a more than eight minute long YouTube video That's about amazing. it. amazing. It's good. <laughs> I feel like you guys are speaking a different language sometimes <laughs> with the things that you like and you watch and then the things that I get. I get all these YouTube notifications and never once has been Thunder Mountain seating. <laughs> Ever, ever. Okay. So these are the type of ads that they're considering disruptive and that will be banned. Non-skippable pre-roll ads that are longer than 31 seconds and appear before a video and cannot be skipped within the first five seconds. Mid-roll ads of any duration that appear in the middle of a video. Image or text ads that appear on top of a playing video and are in the middle third of the video player window or cover more than 20% of the video content. We will have this in the show notes. You don't have to memorize what I just said. (laughs) And the coalition also announced that site owners, including YouTube, should stop showing ads like this within the next four months because beginning August 5th, 2020, Google Chrome's built-in ad blocking will prevent any ads on sites that do not comply with these guidelines. That's pretty heavy handed Mm -hmm. to say that on my browser, you can't do something 31 seconds before the video. And if it's skippable, I get the thought, but at some point you're just going to block this. That's, that's well, a, disruptive. Like me at the Celine Dion concert. <laughs> but if, if the content is good enough, who are you to say that somebody can't wait 32 seconds to watch it? If the video content or the ad content? If the video content is good enough that you're going to sit through 32 seconds of ads. Yeah. Good. Sit through the 32 seconds. On their own seconds. site. That should be up to you. Right. If then it should be, hey, the person leaves the site because it was too long of an ad. I understand the intent here, but it seems like they're forcing these parameters on people to not monetize their site correctly. People put a lot of work into video. Look at us now. I mean, look at <laughs> it takes a lot to get here. Don't you look know? at us. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I just I get a little taste that this is a little too much. Yeah. I think the guidelines, like if these were just for YouTube, it would make sense. Right. But for everyone to enforce them on other people, I don't know. What else is happening this week? All right. So next up is something I spotted from the one and only Stephen Johns 21. 
at 21 got another one as we like to call it and there's huge news in the shopping ads world google is expanding their shopping ads to gmail what does this mean for you if you are running shopping campaigns and you want to reach users on gmail anything that is a shopping ad which is qualified as a product shopping ads or a showcase shopping ads will be eligible to appear on Gmail starting March 4th, 2020, according to this email that folks got. The shopping ads are served on Gmail will be reported under the Google Display Network and your campaigns will be automatically enabled to run on Gmail if you're opted into the following, YouTube, Gmail, and Discover. So if you've opted into that, you will then start showing in Gmail. Additionally, there's there's a bunch more. So check out the, the full release, but I just want to talk about some of the things they like and dislike and just the general thoughts on this. But first off, yikes. <laughs> if you were opted in and you don't know, this could be a huge performance hit. Mm-hmm. So it, you're going to have to test this and be really diligent and looking as to how this is impacting you. It could be really great or it could lessen your effectiveness because many people in Gmail are kind of there to send Said mail, yeah. maybe not buy things. And I wish it was like more than one option. You could opt into Discover or Gmail. Separately. Yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah. And Discover is great. Discover, there's been a lot of articles out there on the effectiveness overall. I get far more ads in my Discover feed now. The one really good angle on this is I love the fact that you now have some options from a feed standpoint in Gmail. And in case you didn't know, and we've got a few clients that, that can't run a feed in Gmail because it's so limited. Right now, you can only run a feed in Gmail if you are a hotel, a rental, or an HPA feed, essentially. And it's the only way you can do dynamic remarketing with a Gmail ad. This isn't a Gmail ad. Don't get it twisted. It's a shopping ad that's going to go into Gmail. So do we know where they are in Gmail? I not did yet. not see that. I didn't see it all. either. Um, so this is a way to better target towards us. But the, my biggest takeaway from this and why I love this announcement is because I hate Gmail ads. <laughs> I know people like Gmail ads and, and there's a time and a place. I don't like the fact that you can't pay for a click. That you pay, your pay for click is opening that message. And I really, really dislike it from a shopping perspective. So you do this and you pay for that click and the email opens and people may not make it on over, but you paid for that click, which I think is disingenuous for Google Ads to say that is a click. Mm -hmm. They count that as a click even though it is not a click off to your website. These will be clicks off to your website to that specific product. So I've got mixed emotions on this, but I think generally positive. Something else generally positive. Facebook did kind of a cool thing with Messenger. They just launched, and it's still in beta, a one-time notification API, which allows businesses to send follow-up messages to users for things like price drops and back-in-stock alerts. And the example really did it justice. So what they showed in their announcement was somebody messaging a clothing company, and they said, hey, do you have this item in this size? said clothing company said, no, unfortunately we don't, but we can alert you when it's back in stock. And then with the API, they send a little message with a button that says notify me. So within Messenger, the user can opt in for that notification. And then when the shirt came back in stock, boom, a little uh, message showed up and it said available by now. So this is pretty cool. And to keep it on the helpful side, rather than being annoying, Facebook is limiting the follow-ups to just one message, hence the name one-time notification API. So personally, Facebook Messenger is probably the last place that I would go to connect with a business, but I know a lot of people actually do reach out to businesses this way, so I think it's a really great tool. And even though it's technically still in beta, it is available now for anyone that wants to try it. So I encourage brave folks to go out there and do it. Yeah, I would never opt in. (laughs) (laughs) Would you even message the business in the first place? I just hate how Facebook Messenger is a separate app on your phone. You have to, it ruins it. Yeah, it's a lot of work. But it's there if you want it, Shep. And... (laughs) Our very own Mark Saltarelli here at Cypress North had a good tweet about this, and he said, I doubt it's ever going to happen, but it'd be really cool if you could use this to send an automated follow-up after somebody submits a Facebook business lead form mm. as well. That's not there today. That's just a free, free idea for you folks. <laughs> free idea, Zuck. It's on us. Enjoy. <laughs> You're welcome. 
And also this week, TripAdvisor launched their new review hub. Restaurant owners who subscribe to this new service will be able to view and respond to reviews on TripAdvisor, Google, Facebook, The Fork. What The Fork? What is that? (laughs) Have you ever heard of that? Nope. It's apparently a review site. Yelp and other review sites all from the TripAdvisor platform. So the restaurant's response will be automatically posted to the review platform where the diner originally submitted it. So if they submit it on the fork, it'll go back to the fork. The review hub will be available to all restaurant owners, operators, and digital marketing teams on TripAdvisor. And you can choose from a monthly or annual subscription. Now it's time for this week's take of the week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We do not influence. You make the call. And this week's take comes from Spicy Kirk. (laughs) Kirk Williams, the Kirk Williams at PPC Kirk on Twitter. And he has an amazing tweet where he said, if you think Google is primarily interested in seeing your business be successful in your metrics, then why is their agency gamification system focused solely on the three metrics that Google wants to increase? Like inquisitive face, inquisitive (laughs) face, inquisitive face, hashtag PPC chat. I never know what that one's called and I'm looking for it all the time. Thinking? (laughs) Thinking face. Thinking face. And then he has an image from Google Partners where it was zero points earned this quarter. (laughs) Don't pass, go go directly to J. I edited that in. Where they missed out on the client upsell of hitting a certain new target threshold, automated bidding targets, and smart creative targets. And the point that Kirk is making is phenomenal. The partners shouldn't be that worried about themselves selling more. The partners should be worried about client satisfaction and performance. Client performance. Yeah. The problem that these efforts will cause is many people put into campaigns and have work done that shouldn't be done. And then you're going to put these smart campaigns together. You're going to put all this nonsense, just spend more money to hit these 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 numbers, and people are going to come back and say Google Ads didn't work. Mm-hmm. Because I tried this, I did this. Somebody had recommended that we do these automated, bit, these smart creative. It didn't work. What they should do is say, "How is performance?" Hey, your CPA dropped. Great job. Yes, that'd be nice. That's what Optio does. Oh well, yeah. I mean, op- <laughs> that's a whole different topic. That's a whole different topic. But partners needs to get their stuff together because they don't even hit the partners. You used to be able to actually search for partners. You can't do that now. Did you know that? They took that away like a year and a half ago or two years ago or something. No, I missed it. So <laughs> you probably it. didn't announce it. <laughs> probably not. But you can't even look at it for a partner. There's not even a partner search. What kind of system is this? You're just saying your partner system is now a sales tool. It's a sales incentive tool is what they're turning Google partners to. At least that's what I'm saying for that Kirk is saying. <laughs> and I'm saying it too. It's a big sales tool. Great take, Kirk. Spicy Kirk. We love you. This is something you just might not have seen. Maybe something you overlooked. But you shouldn't have. This week's ICYMI comes from Frank Olivo at Franco Olivo on Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) He adds an O to the thing. It's cool. Maybe it's his middle name. Why are you hating? Why are you hating? Olivio. Frank Coolio. Yeah, you can look in the show notes and find (laughs) out. Yeah, why would we cut this out? This is gold. This is what the people listen to us. So it's Frank Olivo, but the Twitter is Franco Olivo, at Franco Olivo. So it all started when Rush Jones tweeted about last week's WTH. And if you need a quick refresher, Avast, a popular antivirus program, was selling their customers' web browsing data through their subsidiary company, Jumpshot. People aren't happy about it. Rush shared the consent form screenshot from Avast when people sign up. And it says, mind sharing some data with us? If you allow, we'll provide our subsidiary Jumpshot Inc. with a stripped and de-identified data set derived from your browsing history for the purposes of enabling Jumpshot to analyze markets and business trends and gather other valuable insights. And then from there, someone could either say no thanks or agree. So Frank responded to that and said, on top of that, it's time that we start acting like informed grown-ups. Nothing is free. If something is being offered to you at no charge, you are the product. Mic drop. Yeah, that Frank could drop. be another take of the week. <laughs> Frank <laughs> drop. Franco drop. Yeah. Kind of the news had broken right when we recorded last Thursday. So that 
that warning screen that Avast had put out there appears that it only happened in the summer. So we had said last week that everything seemed like it was in place when some more information came out there. And yeah, take Franco's advice. But still, they added it in the summer. Like, they were doing better. Well, they were doing better, but I mean... The story would have been worse if it came out before they had that consent screen. Agree. I'll say that. Agree. Thank you, Franco. Now it's time for this week's lightning round. Pew, pew. At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts. Paid, organic, and social. This week's paid lightning round is brought to you by Optio. Optio makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic or creative work. Whether you work in an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. Jess, how do you use Optio? So recently, I've been exploring the segments tab in the performance report, and it's pretty rad for comparing various elements in your account. It segments data by almost anything you can think of, like device type, days of the week, your audience's age, and maybe even some ways that you hadn't thought of, like pairs and trios of words and search terms, which is really cool, specific headline elements. I mean, the list goes on. It's a great way to get a fresh perspective on your campaigns. So check it out. And to learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com forward slash S-E-J. That's O-P-T-E-O dot com forward slash S-E-J. And here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. First up, Quora has a couple of new features for advertisers that are going to make it easier to track conversions. The first is advanced match, and it makes it easier to track cross-device conversions. So advertisers will be able to pass back secure hashed emails to match website conversions to Quora ads. To opt into this new feature, advertisers will have to make a modification to their Quora pixel code. So look at the show notes if you want more information on that. And then the second feature is conversion windows, which will allow advertisers to decide the amount of time after an ad interaction on Quora that a conversion can be counted. So windows can be between one and 90 days for click-through windows and one in 30 days for view-through windows. If you do not change your windows, then the existing default of 28 day for click-through and one day for view-through will apply. Again, that was a lot of numbers we threw at you. We will link to the article in the show notes. And next up, five leading U.S. advertising and marketing trade associations are urging the California Attorney General to delay the enforcement of the California Consumer Privacy Act. Oh, the CCPA. Yeah, Yeah, you must be so happy. (laughs) It's been a couple of weeks. (laughs) Oh, man. This must feel good. Do you feel at home? Do you feel comfortable in this Yeah, you know, we haven't talked about Alistair McTaggart in a while. You and I did earlier this week. We had a whole side convo about it. It's warming up. So what's up with the CCPA? So, quick refresher. The CCPA went into effect on January 1st, and it says that some businesses have to add a button to their site that allows users to opt out of the sale of their personal data that the site collects. So this is a nightmare because nobody knows what sell means and nobody knows who this applies to and (laughs) everyone is just freaking out. And these advertising agencies are asking for a, quote, reasonable six-month postponement so that thousands of California operating businesses and brands subject to the CCPA have more time to review and implement final regulations. All right. Nobody cares about the CCPA, so check out the show notes. But I've got a funny (laughs) privacy security story if you want to hear. I was having breakfast with my twins, and I've got a boy and a girl. And the boy apparently just has planned out some activities for the weekend with a with a buddy at school. Aww. And he's like, oh, yeah, friend name's coming over Sunday morning at 10 o'clock. I'm like, okay, does friend name's dad know about this? <laughs> he goes, yeah, everything's okay. Everything's okay. I gave him the code to our house. <laughs> <laughs> and I said, what, buddy? And he goes, yeah, I gave him the code to the house, so everything's okay. <laughs> he can reach the code? The well, they thing? know the code to get into the door. Can they reach it? Oh yeah, they get in. They can get in the house. So now, oh no, I hope friend name's dad isn't a burglar. I get McTaggart on the blow and find out what to do. <laughs> right, what else is next, Chef? Next up, Facebook is planning to shut down the mobile web arm of its audience network on April 11th. The audience network lets advertisers run ads on a network of third-party apps. In 2016, they expanded that to include mobile website placements as well. And Facebook said they're doing this because they quote make business decisions based on where they see a growing demand from their partners and that 
that's in other formats across mobile apps, not on the web. But a lot of people think this is actually because Chrome announced that they will be banning third-party cookies. Yeah. I think you got a bunch of dud <laughs> stories this week, Shep. What Thank else you. is next? It's not her fault. <laughs> you want to hear about Amazon's quarterly report? <laughs> is it exciting? Yeah. Is it what it we shows got? that their ad business grew by 40% in 2019. Wow, that's something. That's actually really cool. <laughs> quarterly ad revenue surpassed $4 billion for the first time in the fourth quarter. The company reported $87.4 billion in net sales for the fourth quarter in 2019, up 21% from the same period in 2018. Some great holiday shopping results, I guess. Mm. Wow. And nothing from Goop. I think I bought a Swiffer wet jet in the fourth quarter. Ooh. Wow. Congratulations. Goop. How's it working out for you? Good? It's great, but it only came with like three replacements. Do you like that noise it makes? It's like, yeah, <laughs> it is of. a good noise. It's not bad. You know where you can get more replacements, Shep, is on Amazon. <laughs> Oh. You need them. <laughs> Thanks, Jess. You're welcome. I already bought them, but that was a first quarter 2020 purchase. Mm, Q1. Yeah, my favorite. So next, Google Ad Manager is at the center of an antitrust probe from the Justice Department. This is a little exciting. No, it's not. Some crime? <laughs> no, it's, it's not. not at all. <laughs> all right. I'm trying. Ad Manager is a combination of DoubleClick for Publishers and DoubleClick Ad Exchange, which were rebranded in 2018. With the world's dumbest name when you've got Google, Google Ads Manager. Google Ad Manager. Get out of here. Get out of here. Get rid of it. Authorities are interviewing publishers and ad tech rivals. I want to be in those interviews. <laughs> Microsoft <laughs> Advertising. <laughs> what do you think about this? About whether Google has too much control over the monetization of digital content. The Department of Justice's two main issues are Google's integration of its ad server and ad exchange and Google's decision to require advertisers to use its own tools to buy ad space on YouTube. Um, how about Chrome blocking other people's ads that are more than 31 seconds and can be skipped? Yeah. I think you think that article, they have too much control? Yes, they do. Yeah. Call me. <laughs> call us. We'll tell you. Call the Wall Street Journal. No. You call us. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not calling out. And that is it in paid. What's happening in organic? This week's Organic Lightning Brown is brought to you by Ahrefs. Ahrefs makes competitive analysis easy. Their tools show you how your competitors are getting traffic from Google and why. You can see the pages and content that send them the most search traffic, find out the exact keywords that they're ranking for, and which backlinks are helping them rank. From there, you can replicate or improve on their strategies. If you're not getting significant search traffic, Ahrefs tools also help to find topics worth creating pages or content on. You can easily see estimated search volumes, engage traffic potential with their keywords explorer tool. If you are getting search traffic, great. Use features like their top pages report to break down which of your pages are bringing in the most traffic and figure out how you can replicate this success. Then boom, bang, retire early, island, done. Shep, how do you use Ahrefs? I'm a big fan of the top content report on Ahrefs, and to use it, all you have to do is put in a target website, subdomain, or subfolder, and Ahrefs ranks them based on total shares across Twitter, Facebook, and Pinterest. And this is an awesome tool for publishers. You can put in a competitor's URL or your own URL and see what stories people are sharing on social and use that information to guide future content decisions. So That is an amazing tool. You can find out all the stuff people are doing. Mm -hmm. It's so worth it. Really? I would pay $7 million for that, but you don't have to. <laughs> right now, you can check it out for seven days. See your competitors' best social performing posts Seven bucks for seven days, not seven million, seven dollars. Head on wow. over to ahrefs.com. That's ahrefs.com to sign up and get your fire on. So what's happening in organic? We've got a lot this week. Lily Ray over at Path Interactive has the best overall take on the shakeup from January 2020 core update winners and losers. What do you call it? Picard? The Picard update from I the, don't, I don't like the Star Wars Star Trek. theme. And over on Path Interactive... There's a breakdown by Vertical and also the biggest winners and the biggest losers of the Picard update, which is aka the January 2020 core algorithm update. But we're going to make that stick, Picard. It looks like to me, scanning through everything, there's a lot of your money, your life in there, where it's health sites, it's financial sites. ASOS was a winner. ASOS. I love those clothes. Oh, the whole outfit here, ASOS. <laughs> no, it's not. This? Yeah. Yeah, it's a, a, a full-piece jumpsuit. Check me out on, on Search Engine Journal's YouTube <laughs> to see more. But there's Craigslist was a big winner. Craig made out big with this Picard update. Some of the studentaid.gov was doing good. And some publications took hits. I was surprised looking at this 
where HSN, that's like your jam. HSN, isn't where you got your elliptical? QVC. Same thing. Same thing. <laughs> Not the same thing. People.com took a hit. Us Magazine got a little bit of a smackdown. I mean, that's weird. That's, yeah. TMZ. And also AOL.com. LOL.com. <laughs> and next up was a tweet from Danny Sullivan on his at Danny Sullivan handle from Google. He said he had an answer to at rock underscore hawk. Probably a Jayhawks fan. You guys, big sports, sportsters, right? Big Jayhawks fans? Um, what sport are they? Yeah, what is All of Jayhawks? Them. College. <laughs> All the sports in college. Okay. Can you guess where the Jayhawks? Who I, is the Jayhawks? Oh, I feel like I know. Jayhawks? Shoot. Somewhere out west. Out west, the West Jayhawks. <laughs> the West Jayhawks? What is the J for? Is it like Kansas or something? Kansas Jayhawks. I Look at really that, Shep. Wow. You have the sports award for the week. <laughs> Thank you. You've won. You have the sports award. So Danny responded to Kansas Jayhawk at rock underscore hawk. And Jeff, who is the Jayhawk fella, he said, I am not sure this had been communicated or not, but I wonder if sites will retain the voice answer if you're blocking snippets. This is a very dumb idea out there that you should block snippets regardless. We had recommended that you don't listen to that. Wait to see how things shake out. And Danny responded to Jeff and said, if a voice response comes from a feature snippet, then if you block being a feature snippet, you block being a response. <laughs> yeah, so don't block things. Okay, next. Scroll is making hundreds of websites ad-free for $5 a month. If you subscribe to Scroll and you're logged in, you won't get ads at a variety of websites out there. And at first, I thought, when would I ever use this? I don't look at any of these sites out there. And then I was surprised. They landed a premier site out of all these publishers. Search Engine Journal is in there. <laughs> Search Engine Journal is a pilot in Scroll. Wow. I, I like the concept of this. Five bucks, you don't see ads on a lot of these new sites. The problem is you kind of like need everything. So we'll have to see. There's a lot in there. I think there's Gizmodo, The Verge, quite a bit of of coverage there. Five bucks a month. I don't know. I mean, I think I love our ads. I would pay to listen to our ads right. here on Marketing O'Clock. That's what I'm saying. Like some ads Your are ads good. just helped me. I'm going to go run that tool on in Ahrefs. And I even love seeing like, you know, if there's a really bad ad, yeah. I share it with my friends. They make the internet better in so many ways. Well, if you like the ads, you can keep the ads. If you want the ads gone and you want to see some different sites like Search Engine Journal out there ad-free, you can do so. Five bucks a month. Love the idea. Love the thought. Next up is an article from George Wynn over at Search Engine Land. And he says that meta descriptions and branding have the most influence on search click-through, according to a survey. And the survey, two-thirds of survey respondents had said that more ads would make them use Google less. Like, no duh. And then also... I hate surveys. I hate... More well, likely... Like, nobody can ever answer honestly. Okay, and this should be the, the no S Sherlock segment here because the other thing, the major part of the survey was made descriptions followed by brand name and page title have the largest influence over whether users click through a search result according to the study by Ignite Visibility. What else is there? Nothing. <laughs> this is stupid. Get rid of it. Okay. Next up is another article from George. We love you, George. Hitwise is halting some reporting services in wake of jump shots closing. According to SEMrush, a.k.a. SEMrush, a.k.a. SMrush in Moz, had used jump shot data, but the reports are going to be reliable without it, according to them. And now there's some other folks removing some of that reporting seeing this big fallout, and Hitwise is one of them. Another article on Google is from Matt Southern on Search Engine Journal, and Google has launched an SOS alert for searches related to the coronavirus. Wash your hands. Does that even help? Yeah, I, that's the number one thing everyone's saying, wash your hands. It prevents everything. I'm not, I, I think you take mushrooms. Okay. I will not be touching it, your mouse anytime soon. I wash my hands. <laughs> I don't think that, that, I think people think they're invincible because they wash your hands. I think if you take a mushroom blend mix, you can't get the flu. You can't get this. Like that mushroom coffee you were drinking? Yeah, yeah. Yee. I take a, a mix of seven mushroom blends. Still? Right. You still do this? I still do. That's can't get sick. My kid got flu B, the boy. Mm. Flu B. You should give him some mushrooms. I got flu zero over here. <laughs> None of it. Okay, anyway. I checked this out and it stinks. 
I search, you search it on mobile and it just says coronavirus and it's a block and to the left of it is a share button <laughs> and you share it and it's, you, you click on the thing and nothing happens. I want to know how fast am I dead? Like, do I have it? How much time do I have left? I don't want to share this I with feel somebody like else. That's people's conversations too, though. We're just all like <laughs> coronavirus. <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely the new weather as far as small talk goes. That's perfect. Yeah, yeah. Got got some Rona. Okay. So next up, Google Search Console is fixes issues with Tag Manager. Sites may need to re-verify, and there was an issue with the verification method in Search Console, but it is solved as of February third. You may need to re-verify if you had any problems. Next up is a story from Search Engine Journal, Matt Southern killing it this week, and he has a, another article from a survey. Name of the story, just 45% of SEO specialists feel their job is secure. That's not a bad. That's high. Yeah. That's really high, especially if you look at the other answers that he's got in the article. In the article, he said roughly 80% of SEOs are concerned algorithm changes will negatively impact their career. Nearly three in four are concerned that algorithm changes will have negative implications for the industry I overall. I hate this survey. You hate surveys yeah. in general. You're just a hater. If you think that an algo update is going to affect your career, I don't understand your why. Your job is to learn how to adapt to them and be better, like learn how to make content. Yes. <laughs> learn how learn demand generation. Like it's crazy. And I like the fact that eighty percent of people are concerned, but then they're like, Oh yeah, sixty five percent are really concerned. How do you where, where's the <laughs> or thirty five percent? That's why I hate surveys. How are you supposed to rank yourself on a scale of one to five for a question? It's just it makes no sense. It's it's dumb. And then they also said less than twenty five percent of SEOs say they'll remain in the industry for the remainder of their career. Where are they going? <laughs> no idea, man. I want a survey on that. <laughs> I want to know. <laughs> I don't know. Amazon? Amazon paid? Banking? Maybe becoming a lawyer to, f- to fix shop CCPA articles? Alistair McTaggart do. Junior? Okay. Another article from VentureBeat talks about just how big of a deal Google's new Mina chatbot is. Google's Mina has this 2.6 billion parameter end-to-end trained neural conversational model. The best version of Mina, according to Google, was trained over 30 days using 2,048 tensor processing units on a data set of 4 billion words. What does this mean? I have no idea. What does it mean? Cena, what you did there. But I don't know. I don't know what this is, but the chatbot, this whole thing, the whole article is like, there's a lot to know. Nobody can understand it. There's only like two other companies that can look at this data. I don't know what to think. So. Does Mina stand for anything? I was hoping it did too, but I don't think it does. Hmm. Dumb. You guys think like I'm actually prepared for this? Uh, definitely not. I did not do 40, uh, 2.6 billion searches on this topic. Well, they also would have made it very obvious if it did stand for something because people are really excited when they come up with good luck. You know <laughs> good what everybody loves? Everybody loves some, some on air Googling as mm-hmm. to what Mina is. Mina is an actress. She's an Indian. Oh, no. That's not the right one. <laughs> Mina Suvari? Remember her? No. Who's that? Mina Savari, she was in, what was she yeah, in? Like American you just Pie? Said you responded with it, Mina Savari. So you say Mina Savari, I say, no, who's that? And you say Mina Savari. Okay. Well, that's who she is. Okay. She was an actress. She still is, I believe. I don't know what Mina is. Okay. If you know out there, congrats. Okay, next up. <laughs> Spotify bought The Ringer. Big news for podcasts everywhere. So Bill Simmons has 30 sports and other podcasts in its mix and was purchased by Spotify, they have 100 million downloads a month, similar to marketing clock numbers, mm-hmm. is the fact that they're both numbers. <laughs> and uh, I will unofficially act as a lawyer on behalf of Lauren, Brent, Janice at Search Engine Journal and the Search Engine Journal Network and say, Spotify, you can buy us. And it'll be, let's say, $50 million. I can't be bought. Okay, we can't be bought. <laughs> Take it back. It offers off the table. <laughs> Uh, next up, uh, just while we're talking about Spotify, they released their numbers for uh, Q4, and they were great. Apparently, they make up 80% of all streaming music, and podcasts had a great showing for us marketing spin he- folks here. It was growing about 200% over last year, and about 16% of its monthly active users are now listening to podcast content. So we're here to stay, I guess, but not to be bought. How dare you? <laughs> okay. And lastly, 
Sempo is officially ending. If you don't know what Sempo is, at this point, good. It was the search engine marketing professional organization. It used to have a lot of pull. It used to be really good. It got a little bit weird. I don't know who was running it. Got a little too much. I'm glad it's over. At one point, it had a good run, but good riddance. See you later. And this article comes from Search Engine Journal. Roger Monti, Martini Buster, over on Search Engine Journal. And he had an image in the article. And it's just like what I felt. <laughs> Hands on my side. <laughs> me. See you, Sempo. Bye. Bye. See you never. <laughs> That's it for Organic. Jess, what's up with social? Oh, social. Let's talk about Twitter. Conversations are getting a mobile makeover. The new layout's really cute. It's got like little branches that connect folks. It makes it easier to see who is replying to who. And there's an animated GIF in their announcement, which you can find in the show notes if you want to see it. It is Can you on. explain the GIF in live, please? So there's a tweet, and then someone replies to the tweet, and then the cute little branch comes down and connects to that reply. Oh. It's very cute. Cute, cute, cute. Anyway, it's on iOS now, and Twitter did say it's coming soon to Android. So, Greg, you'll have to wait to see this live. I'm sorry. Oh. <laughs> Next up, a new report shows universal distrust in social media as a news source. I will pause for everyone's surprise. This is, I'm not going to pause. No one's surprised. So this is from Social Media Today. They are covering a study done by Pew Research, which I think is a missed opportunity. They should be Pew Pew. Pew Pew Research. For sure. Whatever. So the study was conducted over 12,000 U.S. adults and basically resulted in the following. More people distrust social media as a news source than trust it. People on both sides of the political fence distrust social media equally. And the platform that people distrust the least is Facebook. There's a bunch of stats in there if you want to read it for yourself. It's a fun read, though, because it kind of takes a quick turn into a full-blown conspiracy theory. Distrust the least is Facebook? Yeah. Wow. They don't really trust anyone, if you look at all. But Facebook had the highest percentage of distrust among them all. Yeah. So there's a conspiracy theory. I just don't distrust the humans on Facebook. That's the the conspiracy. Oh. Is that, well, I guess... That's not exactly the conspiracy. But what they're saying is that Facebook's algorithms are trying to show you content that you'll engage with. So because of the way humans are, they're not showing you stuff that you necessarily agree with, but stuff you'll engage with. So if it makes you mad, you might share it or you might argue with a friend. So it's a good read. It's fun. But yeah, the the problem is the humans. Don't do that. Pro-life tip. Yeah. Anyway, next up. If imitation is the most sincere form of flattery, Instagram must think Twitter is the bee's knees because they are testing emoji reactions in direct messages. So that's cool. Uh, Next up, Instagram is rolling out the option to reply to stories with GIFs. This I'm a little bit more excited about than the emoji replies. But I'm disappointed in you guys because I wanted to test it. And not a one of you had a story last night on Instagram. You didn't get my story? Well, I didn't expect one from you, but I did check. I had that one about that salad I ate. No, you didn't. My the only... cranberry salad. I did too. <laughs> no, you didn't. Slivered almonds and cranberry. And For people vinaigrette. watching, his face is, is a straight face right now, but he's lying. He's lying. I only make stories when I sneak snacks into the movie theater and I tag Regal Cinema. I knew. I really enjoy those. <laughs> I really enjoy those. Wow. <laughs> I got to start wa- reading your stories. Yeah, I impersonate a pregnant person. Put my okay. snacks... My what kind of what is your go-to snack? My own popcorn that um, isn't ten dollars. You pre-pop popcorn and bring cold popcorn in. Yes. No, That's it's weird. not really cold. I make it right before. Sometimes it melts the bag. Wow. <laughs> what else do you bring in? Like my own cold pops. Are you the one person that brings McDonald's in? No, I brought that Chipotle. Hope? Hope. Somebody that you? did that once, right? Yeah, that's me. <laughs> you bring McDonald's to the movie theater. Okay, I'll either go to Target and I'll get Lunchables and I'll eat them in the movie theater. That's even weirder somehow. Or, that is weird. Or I'll go to Wendy's and I'll get the spicy chicken nuggets. Is do that you, just because of the proximity to the theater or do you like watching movies with Wendy's? Um, I go to Quaker Crossing, Orchard Park, so there's a Target oh. and a Wendy's <laughs> like equal distance away from the movie theater. People know exactly <laughs> what you're talking everything. about there. Wow. They've got everything. <laughs> I'm telling you my game plan. And you guys are the reason I don't go to movie theaters. Last movie I saw was Inception. And so the last movie I'm ever going to see in a theater. Why? Because we bring food in there? Because you go in there and there's people at Quaker Station Crossing <laughs> bringing McNugs in, sitting next to me, stinking the joint up. I want to be home by myself. It smells good. No, it doesn't. Jess is a vegan. How dare you? I'm not, not a vegan. Vegetarian. I wish I was vegetarian. a vegan, but I love me some cheese. She I can bring have cheese some french fries. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Anyway, back to the story because there is sort of a marketing angle here. It's a bit of a stretch. But 
as the article in Social Media Today points out, it can be a fun way for brands to, can it being the GIF replies to Instagram stories, because that's what we're talking about here. It could be a fun <laughs> way for brands to engage with their followers. They suggested sharing the best GIFs that you're sent and tagging the sender. So that's fun. But my suggestion would be to take advantage of this now before it becomes annoying, overdone, and not cool at all. You know what brand probably loves this? GIF. Oh, the for brand. sure. They're probably just gung home for it. Choosy moms. Peanut butter? Yeah, GIFs. Yeah, Share your GIF GIFs with us. But they love it. Okay, what's next? <laughs> okay, next. Something not cool going on. Exposing people's passwords. This is something that Social Captain, a company aimed at growing Instagram followers for users, did to at least 4,700 people. It It's a big deal. Okay, so if you use Social Captain, <laughs> yeah, um, don't. Yeah, steer your way out of this one. What else do we have this week? <laughs> <laughs> All right. We told you this was coming back in episode 103. It is now here. Bitmoji TV on Snapchat has launched. The initial rollout is ad-free as promised, but according to this article from TechCrunch, there are plans for monetization. So when that happens, we'll tell you about Wait, it. Wait, are you you're on Snap Bit TV? Barely. Do you Barely. do the emoji? Vision? I haven't done it yet. No? I can do it and report back. <clears throat> what about you, Hope? You still know Snapchat? Yeah, I hate Snapchat. You still TikTok? <laughs> I actually had to get rid of it. <gasps> did you get what? Bite? Why did you get rid of your TikTok? Because I would waste so much time on it. Hours. The dances? What about hours your dances? I would be on there. What about your dances? I had to sacrifice the craft. I just I couldn't keep up. Okay, well maybe you should check back out Snapchat and your Bitmoji TV. And then the Bitmoji does all the things. You save time. How about that? I like no. That. No, no. Okay. Anyway, ad free for now. We'll update you when that changes because it's sure to. Next up is a story from Adweek and it starts really dramatically. Twitter discovered something last Christmas Eve and it wasn't presents under a tree. <laughs> Do you know what it was? A whole bunch of hate and racist <laughs> comments. I don't know what they found. <laughs> no, they found a bunch, bunch of, of troll accounts, bunch of sock yeah, puppets. A bunch of fake accounts that really? were exploiting Weird that Twitter's somebody could guess that. Yeah. I didn't even let you... You didn't read this? Wow. Well, you guessed. Right. So these fake accounts were exploiting Twitter's API to match usernames to phone numbers, which is very naughty. Twitter claims that they immediately suspended these accounts and made changes to the API to prevent similar breaches. But if this happened on Christmas and they're just telling us about it now, I want to know, Shep, it's a true crime mystery to add to your list. Yes. Let us know what happened in that time. And speaking of the sock puppets, I saw something shared by Casey Gillette at KCG on Twitter and it was a just a breakdown. Uh, it looks like it's from at Justin Kowanaki, and we'll put it in the show notes. It is a phenomenal look. And, oh, sorry, Casey Gillette, the pride of Avon, the bi- biggest export since Tom Walls. And she had shared this, showing what a sock puppet account looks like, one that had 169,000 followers. And it's a detailed breakdown of how you can identify these things, how hard it is, how there's a human element to it. It's crazy, crazy. Check it out. All right, something else to check out. If you care, Twitter has joined the ranks of social networks with updated policies on deepfakes. Don't do it. Uh, The nice thing is that if you do do it, they have a little tag that they're adding to tweets that says it's manipulated media. It's very straightforward. It's good stuff, but I'm kind of sick of talking about deepfakes. All right, yeah, keep all the sock puppets and all the the racists, I guess, (laughs) but no deepfakes. Yeah, no deepfakes. Don't be bad on Twitter. Moral of the story. Lastly here, Byte, a.k.a. Vine 2.0, got over a million downloads in its first week. Not bad. I know. That's pretty good. 1.3 million to be exact. And if you're one of those fine people that is embracing the platform, you can check us out at, at Marketing O'Clock. We're on there. It's awesome. And that brings us to our real life segment, straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes. It's time for Working Hard or Hardly Working, where we talk about what's going on in our IRL work, good, bad, or otherwise. Shep. What's been happening with your accounts lately? I realized this week that Microsoft advertising has in-market audiences that they do not have in Google ads. I haven't been able to compile a whole list yet, but I have a couple here that I thought were interesting. Food service industry, agriculture, industrial goods, and manufacturing metals, industrial manufacturing, and retail trade. So some good B2B ones check it out. Love it. And I discovered something this week that's probably been there forever, but I sure didn't know. There's an explore feature in Google Docs. If you right click on a word or a phrase, you can look it up on the web as well as image results and within your own Google Drive. So that's really cool. And then there's also a nice little define option underneath that, which opens up the dictionary and a thesaurus, which is super, super handy. So if you use Google Docs, no reason to have a thesaurus on your desk. It's all on your computer. Can throw mine away. (laughs) 
Great. And what I want to talk about is something I was sharing at our internal marketing meeting with Keyword Planner from Google Ads. And you can actually break down the volume and numbers from either broad match, phrase match, or exact match using Keyword Planner. Maybe you can put a little graphic in the show notes so you can see that. But if you're trying to hone in and figure out exactly what people are looking for, you can find all that information by going one step down. I didn't know that people hadn't seen that. So it's something that's really easy to use. You just need a Google Ads account and you can see that granularity. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Get rid of it. I'm over it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about our trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. This week's WTH comes from one zero, and it talks about one of the biggest perks of working at Google, which is their free food program. And this story talks about how Google has been trying to encourage their employees to have healthier diets. So they're trying to, quote, create the largest and most ambitious real world test of how to nudge people to make healthier choices at mealtime. So these are some of the changes that took place. Can I say something for you? In theory, good thought. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. The plates on the buffet line are 8 to 10 inches wide. The standard is 12, which limits serving sizes. I'd like to see them talk to that one restaurant we go to where the salads are like pouring off the plate. Oh, yeah. The stone the, plates yeah. or whatever. <laughs> Their plate size do not no. limit portions. It's two, two feet by two feet. These I wish we had a picture. We should have done that. We'll have to go there Friday. Next, vegetables always come first on the line. So by the time you get to the meat or snickerdoodles, and chocolate tarts, there's not much space on your plate. That's every buffet in existence. The salad is first. Yeah, I've never been to one. I'm like, here's the ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Limiting portion sizes for meat and desserts, okay. And redesigning its premises to lead its users to choose water and fruit over soda and M&Ms. And they also said, this sounds nice, they have spa water bobbing with strawberries or cucumbers everywhere. What is spa like water? Like fancy water with fruit in it, fruit water. They just call it fruit water. Spa water sounds like it was drained from a hot tub. That's the one thing on here I thought sounded nice. So these are a couple of the results. The company serves 2,300 breakfast salads every day. What is a breakfast salad? <laughs> salad for breakfast, man. <laughs> That's Don't what the fruit salad? Or like no, salad leafy salad. greens. It's like a kale quinoa or something yeah. this person had talked about. The whole thing is about Tina and how she's eating <laughs> Kale, quinoa, avocado. Tina salad. loves it though. <laughs> Tina's never leaving. Hey, Google, you can take her salary and take it to nothing. She's not going to give those salads up. I <laughs> thought Tina ate ham. <laughs> Thank sl- you, Chef. Wait, sl- Tina. that song? What is that? No, it's Napoleon Dynamite. Right, okay, Tina, the feature film. come get some dinner. I almost said, like, you fat Hot lard. Take? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Tina, you fat lard. Come get some ham. Exactly. Hot take, the worst movie ever made. No. Yes. No. Worst movie ever made. Are no, you're you voted joking? off the island. Absolutely Stinks. Not. It no. stinks. Watch it How again. dare you? And you know what else stinks? This. Yeah. This so article. basically, <laughs> they're trying to get the people to eat healthier, but they're doing it in like a sneaky way. And I don't think Google headquarters is the problem of America's obesity crisis. Like, right. it's like people in poverty who can't afford to have food like this and can't make, like, this isn't going to solve anything. I don't like the fact that it, it appears that they're multivariate testing the free food offerings on how they can healthy up people that uh, that seems like 1984-ish in a way where you're like oh i'm gonna take the plate and move 10.8 inches and i'm gonna make the breakfast salad first and, and put this your way and i'm gonna take the i don't like i don't like the testing on human aspect of it also counterpoint if you have a smaller plate and you want more then you're filling up the whole plate again again yeah and you've had double <laughs> that's me at I, buffet. and if you have a smaller <laughs> plate i just skip the salad there's no room for it not if it's all salad, though, Shep. What do you do then? <laughs> all right, I don't like it. Don't test on your own your own people. All right, now it's time for our Petri dish. This is our segment of segments where we just make things up and see how they fester along and what can be taken into the standardization of our show. First up, good for business. Last week we debuted bad for business. <laughs> Didn't go well. No. Didn't go well. So we're flipping it. Good for business. Shep, what do we have? Okay, so our good for business is from this artist, Simon. Um, I forgot to write down his last name. It'll be in our show I notes. I think it's Birch. Okay. No, it's not. <laughs> no? Okay. <laughs> He's from Berlin, okay? And his latest piece, it's inspiring. It's in the halls of the Met. It's called the Google Maps Hack. 
He put 99 smartphones in a wagon and walked around the streets of Berlin. <laughs> Jess, have you seen the video? So it's just a video of him walking around these like nearly deserted streets. Simulating a wagon. <laughs> the wagon is for babies. It's so small. Oh, we're losing track. It's so small. Look how much joy it brings her. She's so happy. It's like all these different camera angles of him walking around. And then it shows Google Maps, like the live view of the street he's on. And he's like turning it And he's back. simulating a traffic jam. So it's showing that he's, he's making a false traffic jam with his baby wagon and phones. Yeah. So Greg's idea is like, you know, I'm going to compare it to cars, you know, that Route 66 route. They couldn't get anyone to come because they built the major highway. The cars people could have just loaded Mater's truck with like all these smartphones, driven down the major highway, and they would have come to the Cozy Cone Motel. There you go. Now we don't need a live action Lilo and Stitch because <laughs> we fixed cars. <laughs> anyway, I heard this was like, I saw the comments and I think it's fake. Because they were like questionable pictures. Of the but it's good for business. It's if art. you need more business, yeah. Pete, you're not on a main drag. Just it's get your art. baby wagon out there, fill it full of phones, a simulated traffic jam. People won't go on the main road, and then you get more business. It's pretty simple. They had the noise of the wagon moving. <laughs> this, is, this isn't art. No. Okay, next up HBD, Google Maps. We've turned 15. HBD. I hope they get a wagon. Simon said happy birthday too. Did you see? Yeah, I saw it. It was a big troll. Gave him a big red present. Okay. (laughs) And next up is a new segment called, um, what? And this comes from Barry Schwartz. (laughs) And Barry Schwartz had a tweet and an article. He wrote an article about this too. And he said, no need to disavow links from websites that didn't link to you, says Google. Um, I don't, I really don't understand. (laughs) You don't need to disavow links from websites that didn't link to you. If you, didn't have a link coming to you, you don't have to disavow Why would you? Why would you? You're just going to look up all the nasty sites out there and be like, I don't want this one. You guys are like missing the point of, I'm what? Like, what is this? <laughs> what is happening? People, people just take every tweet from Search Liaison and like make it an article. <laughs> and a lot of them are just obvious things. Next up is a new segment called Good Sheet. And this is a from, an, from a tweet from Ben L. Collins. And he is launching the inaugural edition of SheetsCon. It's a free online conference for Google Sheets. Two-day conference, <laughs> 10 plus expert speakers. Not nine, not a 10 plus speakers over two days, all free, all online. You can register at sheets dot, sheetscon.com. Good sheets. Okay, <laughs> and lastly here is our new segment called Face Planters. And there was a commercial from planters nuts the mr peanut i didn't see the commercial i missed it i was doing something with my kids mr peanut committed suicide and apparently he didn't commit suicide he sacrificed his life to for the better good important distinction okay mr peanut offed himself and a (laughs) baby nut happened well i don't know where the baby nut came from. okay so there was a funeral right and then mr kool-aid was crying and his tear fell on to the grave and it sprouted a plant and baby nut came out of it. Hope is really interesting. I love baby nut. Baby nut's the best thing to happen in 2020. Nope. Okay. Well, anyway, baby nut stinks. And <laughs> according to Dan Sure at Dan underscore Sure on Twitter, he said, ouch, a little SEO on your ad campaigns can go a long way. No one can find shop baby nut in Google at this very important moment because it's not indexable. And it was not indexable and he had some graphs and charts from Screaming Frog showing you couldn't find it. So face planters over there. And last up, everybody's favorite is called Get Rid of It. I should have brought these in so I could put them on. But Google is opening its latest Google Glass AR headset for direct purchase. It's $1,000, and it's designed for businesses and developers. We don't need it. Get rid of it. You didn't support it last time. You didn't try. You didn't help anybody. Nobody's into it again. It's the boy who cried wolf. We don't want it. Get rid of it. Now for this week's Cool Tool. As a reminder, our Cool Tool segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's Cool Tool is Knowledge Graph Search from carlhendy.com. It taps into the Knowledge Graph API for you so you can benefit from the results without any technical skills, which is awesome. You just enter a keyword into the search box, choose or not the entity type that you want to look for in the language and 
that's it. So obviously I had to test this out. And since we were stuck in the 90s last week, I thought that I would play with something a little more recent and I searched Paris Hilton and I got some facts. Did you guys know that she had a reality show called Paris Hilton's Dubai BFF? Did you know that our research department just gave me a little buzz? And that has never happened in podcast history where somebody talked about Slipknot and Paris Hilton. This is a first. You're We've welcome. won a potty for this right now. I just oh. got I just got the news. Excellent. Well, Shep got the a sports potty? award and we got a potty. potty. With potty. a T. With a D. D. T. Potty. Okay. So what? D. Anyway, so if you want to play with it for real life research and you want to see what Google has in its database for any particular entity, head over to carlhendy.com forward slash knowledge hyphen graph hyphen search. We'll have the link in the show notes as well. Check it out. Now it's time for our must read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed, that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. All right, and this week's must-read marketing article of the week, it's Spicy Kirk again. What is he doing? At Kirk Williams, the, or sorry, it's at PPC Kirk. The Kirk Williams has an article on Search Engine Journal. And this one is a, again, you might want to hydrate yourself before you hit the scroll wheel. He really did a number on this article, and it is called Marketing, Automation, and Data. Two contradictory elements we need to discuss. And he discusses. He has a whole conversation with himself, good and bad, and he looks at all elements of this topic that he's covering. Starts with the wins and change of automation, why it's a crucial conversation to have right now, and breaks down the two sets of the, the two elements of automation, basically, where option A is the data owned by the one paying for it. And then opinion B is the algorithm working best when it's given the proper guidelines. And now what? Like, what do we do now that we've got all this data? And he breaks down the pros and cons in a very, I think, uh, uh, idealistic way where he's not trying to push his method on somebody. He's not trying to push an agenda. He's just breaking it down for us. So we appreciate it, Spicy Kirk. Spicy Kirk forever. Thank you, Kirk. (laughs) All right. That does it for today's show. Thank you to Ahrefs and Optio, our fantastic sponsors this week. If you're looking for another great podcast, don't miss this week's episode of the Search Engine Journal Show. This week, it's Shelly Fagan, an SEO pro, and it's all about her journey. And her journey is a long one. If you need something to do this week, two hours. It's a two-hour pod about Shelly Fagan, how she's an ambassador of a tool, not one to be named on this pod. There's a, a take that made me feel good about the industry that Shelly had on the show where she talked about how being a woman in this industry that is so supportive actually might have helped her. She said, I don't care if I'm going to get any hate from it. I appreciate some of this. So it made me feel good about the industry we're in that it's not just a, a group of non-supporting jerks, but people can really support anybody regardless of who they are. So it's a great podcast. Check it out at the Search Engine Journal show. It is now officially not marketing o'clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingaclock.com. And while you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingaclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Hack, where after a famous Friday news shows, we don't talk about marketing anymore. We just shoot the hack. And this week we're playing everybody's favorite game, a brand new game called Is It Today or 1950? And I'm going to give you some language, some slang that people are either saying today or that originated in 1950. Interesting. So you're going to have to ring in by saying your name. Oh, we have to shout our name? Yes, and I will recognize you, and you can give an answer. This you is going to get competitive. Exactly. Yeah, you we can need get buzzers. Two points. One, if you get, if it was today or from 1950, and another point if you know what it means. Oh. I'm uncomfortable referring to myself as Shep. You say whatever you name you want. You can say Christine, I'll, just, but I'll say it because longer. everyone else has one syllable. But if, that's you, if you know any game theory, you wouldn't say Christine. Say Christine. That's a good um, thought. Go, I'll say Shep. We you all know she Christine. doesn't know game theory. Okay. <laughs> Are you ready? Yeah. First up, cap, no cap. Shep. There's only two options. Might as well guess. Game theory. Cap, 1950. No cap. <laughs> 1950. And what does it mean? Oh, I didn't know I had you to say what it You should know if you get the point. 
You didn't get the point. What does it mean? Oh, I didn't know. Oh, like if you're wearing a hat. No, absolutely. It is from today. <laughs> if you're kids. wearing a hat. To cap means to lie about something, whereas no cap means to tell the truth. What? This is a good show. No cap. That's an example. Okay. Next up, Clyde. Jess. 50s. Correct. What does it mean? To be like a bad heckin' like crime guy. Correct. Yeah? Like Bonnie dra- and Clyde? A term of address, usually for a normal person, but I'll give it to you. <laughs> Jess, you've got two points. <laughs> You're on the board. Next up, correct. Bet. Hope. Bet. Wait, I think <laughs> Is I that know. from today? <laughs> yes, correct. One point. What does it mean? To bet, to take chance on something? Nope. Wait, Ain't I wrong. know it. I know it. You lost. You Bet it, like the TV network? No, it's yes. Like you bet. It's short. Bet. That's what oh. the kids say these days. You should know that, Gen Z. I would One like point to. Hope. I think we should have it in a sentence. Like. Was the show good me. today? Bet. All right. Next up. Retweet. No, it's you bet. Hope. <laughs> you're, you're slacking. You better get back on TikTok. I got a point. Next up. Fit. Shep. <laughs> Shep. <laughs> it's your outfit. Like you got a good fit. You match. From today or 1950? Today. Today. Shep wins. Shep is in tied for first. Two, two to one. What? Next up, do-backs. Hope. Not one has been from the Is 50s. that from the 50s? 50s. I don't know what it means. Do-back? Yes. Like, I don't know. Pack of cigarettes. <laughs> so it's a tie. Everybody has two points on the board. Next up, wig. Hope. Yes. Hope. You're recognized. Uh, today? Today, you're correct. Wig. Your hair? Nope. Oh, my God. No. It's a phrase to refer you saw something that is amazing. Really? Oh, no. like I thought it was wig like, out. wig out. Yeah. Oh. Beyonce posts a photo. Wig. Okay. I see a marketing clock post on bite. Wig. <laughs> These things make sense to me when they're put into a sentence. Next up, it's the lightning round of it. Hope has three. Shep has two. Jess has two. If you get something incorrect, you lose a point. Think. Shep. Shep. 50s. Correct. I know from Bye Bye Birdie, it means like a loser guy. I might be wrong, but it's a movie. Well, they call Hugo the Fink. I'll give it to you. What? I'm giving it to you because I th- you know the 50s more than the 50s than the 50s. That is not fair. Next up, Grundy. Grundy. Uh, Jess. You got your name right. What's up? <laughs> 50s. Correct. A villain. It's a decision. Grundy or growth MC. or disgusting. So you get no points because you got one on your last one. Can you Next add up, more? Stomps. These are not relevant. Where are you getting these stomps. terms from? Hope. Okay, if it's not relevant, what is it? Today? No, it's 50s. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Minus one. You now have two points. No! What does stomps mean? Did you really just take away a point? Yes. Stomps, what does stomps like mean? Like going on a hike. Like a stamp? <laughs> a social oh group God. that dressed in Western wear. <laughs> really lost that one. <laughs> okay, and it's two, four. Uh, Hope has two, Jess has two, Shep has four. I can't believe you took away a point. Last one. Luke. L-E-W-K. Luke. It's Hope. Shep. Shep. It's, it's Shep. It's another, it's today, and it means your outfit. You you, you look. Shep. It's the look. It's the new Luke. Where hey, are you getting these terms from? Where Shep, is, where X, is you guys. Lit? Where is the T? I went to TikTok where? and I asked what's happening. I said, hey, not. kiddos, what's happening on TikTok? Why and they is said, it Luke. lit on this list? Hope you knew look. Lit? I have never heard of Luke. Okay, do you want another one? I, I had a, a tiebreaker, but yeah. you all got smoked. Just let Do you know what smoked means? Let Hope play with it. means crushed. Okay, so the last one here, T. Oh, Shep. I just said hope. Gossip spilling the tea. I just said my name. I just said my name. She sent me a shit that's like recency. She said, well, the winner is Shep eight. This is a farce. I said my name and you ignored me. I know what tea is. I just want to say my favorite piece of slang that I ever came across in my life was from the 50s. And the slang is called shoot low. They're riding Shetlands. And that means ponies. I mean, be careful. All the stompers. It's an easy way to. That. It's an easy way to say. Be careful. <laughs> easy. Shoot low. They're riding Shetlands. Nobody's allowed to make fun of me for the prices, right? No. No. You crush. You're right. You and win. We. We'll see you next week.